Good morning. Welcome to The Edge. My name is Brandy, and we're so glad that you've joined us today. Whether you've been around this community for a long time, or if you are tuning in for the very first time, we want to welcome you here and let you know that wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcome to explore that here. And what a day to be joining us. Today is Palm Sunday, which marks the beginning of the Holy Week. The Holy Week documents the events that, that were involved in the last week of Jesus' earthly life and ministry. The very word holy literally translates set apart. And indeed, this is a week in Jesus' life that was set apart. In fact, so much of our faith really hinges on what takes place during this exact week. So much of the Bible prior to this week is prophesying and pointing to what happens in this week, and then everything that happens after it is really because of it. Palm Sunday commemorates an event that's known as the triumphal entry of Jesus, and it is one of the only stories that's recorded in all four Gospels. So this event certainly made a lasting impression on Jesus' followers, and it really should for us today, too. But what was it? What was it about Palm Sunday that was such a standout? Well, this was the first time that Jesus was really going public with who he was. In fact, this is really the first time that he was kind of showing for himself, proving through his actions that he really was the long-awaited, promised Messiah. Until this point, Jesus really had kept a pretty low profile concerning who he really was and his full identity and purpose. Although after three years of preaching and teaching and healing, he was certainly gaining quite a following. And actually, just before this event, he had even done one, his, one of his most impressive moves yet by raising his own friend Lazarus from the dead. So certainly, the news about who this Jesus was and the wonder of who he was was spreading like wildfire. And now, here it was, time for the annual Passover celebrations, where the Jews from all over would come flooding in to the bustling city of Jerusalem for a week chock full of festivities to remember how the Lord had delivered their people from their Egyptian oppressors. And then here's Jesus stepping onto the scene, making his famous ride into town on a donkey, and it creates quite a stir. So let's read about that in Luke 19, 28 through 44. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say to them, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as Jesus had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks down on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road, 
And he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives. The whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. You know, of all four Gospels, the reason that I chose today to read out of this particular one is because this is the one where we get to really kind of see in to what Jesus was really thinking because it documents the most things that Jesus actually said during this event. And you know, when you really think about it, this was his last week to live on earth, and he knew that. And you know, when you know that someone has a very short time left on earth, it seems that their words really do hold weight for us, right? Ask anyone who's lost a loved one and on their deathbed, if they have shared some words, oh, you're going to remember it and you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. I think it's fascinating to take a look into what Jesus was thinking as he was riding this donkey into town. And because this gospel of Luke shares that with us, we get the insight and we get to know what was on Jesus' heart and on his mind. And you know what was on his heart and his mind? He says, if you only knew what would bring you peace. Did you know that Jesus actually wants us to have peace? That's what he was thinking about. I mean, here he's getting ready to end his life in a horrific, a horrific sacrificial way on that cross, and he knows that. And yet, what is he actually weeping over? He's weeping over us and the fact that we do not have our peace with God because we don't recognize when he's coming to pursue us. I love how the New Living Translation actually translates this verse. It says, how I wish you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. What a strange and sad picture this is, really. I mean, practically the whole town is cheering for Jesus and declaring him victorious and naming him their king. And yet Jesus is so disturbed down deep that he can't even keep the tears from flowing. And I don't want us to gloss that over. I don't want us to miss this because when people, especially those of us who claim to know him, those of us who, who know scripture or participate in these religious activities, but we don't really know him, this is something that makes Jesus weep. And I don't think it was just for then. I wholeheartedly believe that this very same thing causes Jesus to weep 
today. See, these people were not ignorant of Scripture. They actually knew the Scripture very well. And so when Jesus came riding into town on this donkey, they knew what he was saying. They knew that his very actions were fulfilling the old prophecy. And they knew this was like the, the like Clark Kent turned Superman moment, like the great reveal. They got it. They realized that he was the prophesied, long-awaited promised Messiah. Because Zechariah 9.9 said, Rejoice, daughter of Zion, which is Jerusalem. See, your king is coming to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So they knew, they got what this was. And this moment is so rich in symbolism. If we don't understand the symbolism, then we may not get it for all that it is. But see, when they laid those cloaks down for Jesus to ride on, those cloaks were a symbol of royalty. So when people laid those cloaks down, it was like paying homage to their king. And even the the waving of, of the palm branches, the waving of the palm branches was a symbol of victory. Because see, that prophecy said that their king was going to be victorious. And so they were saying, yes, you are the victorious king. And they were calling him son of David. And so what they were saying is, yes, you are the king. You are the one that was promised through the line of David. We agree that you are him. And then, of course, they were yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. And Hosanna literally means save us now. So they're even recognizing him as a savior. In so many ways, they were so close. They got it so right. But you know that phrase, um, you're so close, but you're so far away? I would say that's what we could say for this crowd because they really were uh, missing the forest for the trees. They had so much right, and yet they misunderstood the real purpose. See, they wanted to claim victory, but they wanted victory in war. Jesus was claiming victory over sin and over death. Oh, they wanted to be saved, but they wanted to be saved from the Roman government, from the tyranny. And yet Jesus was going to save them from their own personal self-destruction from sin and eternal punishment. They wanted a king, but really they wanted a king to govern their politics and their people here on earth. But Jesus, Jesus came to be king of our heart. He wanted reign in the spiritual realm, which would cause and affect every other realm to change too. See, he was a very different kind of king. And that was even evidenced based on the vehicle that he chose to ride into town. Because see, most dignified kings would not have ridden a donkey. They would have much more chosen to ride like a big stealthy horse because that would indicate that they were proclaiming war. Yet a donkey was proclaiming peace, and and a donkey was actually considered very, very common, dirty even, because a donkey was a very common service animal. But see, (laughs) Jesus doesn't do anything by accident, and he's even sticking to his true identity and mission, even by riding on that chosen donkey. Because, see, he had just gotten done telling his disciples in a previous story about how he came not to be served, but to serve. 
And see, he even said, this is why I've come, to give my life as a ransom. He knew that that is what was ultimately going to bring us peace with God. Scripture says that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And he was getting ready to take the full brunt of that in just a matter of days on that cross. But you see, we were the prize. We were the reason. We were the driving motivation. It says that it was the joy set before him that he was able to endure the cross. And it's us, it's having a relationship with us that is that joy. Because he already had every single thing he needed, everything he could have wanted, except for that relationship with us. So see, bringing us back into that relationship with him and his father, that was the end goal. He knew that we needed peace with God and that he was the one to bring it. See, his kingdom is in the spiritual realm, and he's asking us today to let him be the king of our hearts, where his love and his joy and his peace get to rule and reign. He says, if you, especially you, would know what would bring you peace. Can you just hear him saying the same thing to us today? See, those people, they were convinced that it was their outside circumstances that were really going to give them inner peace. They praised him as king, but really only so that he would change their outside circumstances. But I just wonder how many of us do the same thing today. Oh, maybe we come to church and maybe we sing songs and maybe we say that he's the king of our hearts, but really we just want him to serve us. We want him to change our outside circumstances because we're convinced that it's those things that are causing us to have this lack of peace. We want him to give us a different job, a different living situation, a different relationship situation, a different diagnosis, a different outcome for that thing. And we're convinced that that is what is going to bring us peace. How that must pain Jesus Because see, he already told us that in this world, no matter what circumstances change, in this world, we are going to have trouble. And in case you haven't noticed, it seems like as soon as you get over one bit of trouble, one hardship, one obstacle, it's no time at all before it's another one. But Jesus says, take heart, because he has overcome the world. He has defeated sin and death, and that burden That burden was too heavy for us to carry. And so now here's Jesus, and he's announcing his kingship, not just on a donkey, but did you notice it was on a baby donkey? What would be the significance of riding a baby donkey? Because if you can just imagine for a second this mental picture of like a grown man choosing to ride a baby donkey, it's like, You know, think about when you've gone to like a petting zoo. You take your little kids to a petting zoo or something. It's like, it's one thing if you let like your little two-year-old get on this like tiny little pony. But would you, I mean, what would you do if you saw a grown man doing that? Like he literally have to lift his legs and the weight and all that. It's like, why did Jesus do this? It doesn't even seem possible, but I believe that Jesus wanted this mental image burned in their brains as a tangible reminder of the truth that his 
burden is light. And see, his invitation to them is the same invitation today to us. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is Jesus the king of your heart today, reigning with his peace and his love? If he is, praise him. Praise him with heaven's chorus and all of creation because our praise and our worship is not the thing that earns us the right to be saved, but it is the natural and the rightful response to those of us who have received him as savior and as king. And you know what? It's the thing that we get to offer back to the Lord. And though the people at that time shouted what they did not understand. Today, on this side of the cross, we get to gather from wherever we are in full recognition that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we get to proclaim that all of our hope is in Him. Hosanna, the only one who saves. Because one day, every knee will bow And every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord. But today, we get to offer that confession. And if you do that, there will be no rocks crying out on your behalf. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Well, if you're in a house church today, or even if you're just tuning in all alone, I have a few questions for you to consider as you reflect on this message about Palm Sunday. The first is really just a good question to ask with any message, and that is, what is your takeaway? The second question is, have you ever personally experienced a time of peace where God really did reign peace deep in your heart, even though your external circumstances would have suggested that you would have lacked peace. If so, I'd love if you would journal about that and thank God again, or express that and share that with the people around you in your house church. And question number three, what does it mean to you that his burden is light and his yoke is easy? Thank you for joining us today, church, and I hope you have a most special Holy Week and a happy Easter coming up.